Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Turning your attention tonight to Jonah, no surprise, we're in our third week of the series. Jonah chapter 3 is where we're going to be this evening. And the word, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So tonight we're, we're, we're in the third week of this journey through no, our Jonah. And, and, you know, most of us, we enjoy Jonah, I think. I've got a lot of comments over the last couple of weeks. We kind of associate not the whole getting ourselves in the belly of a whale, but getting ourselves in to stuff. Stinky situations. <laughs> Tough situations. Everybody here that's honest tonight knows that you are mercy on display. We are <laughs> we are God's mercy on display. And our, our series this month has been you can't outrun God. Now you can, don't, I don't want this to be misunderstood. You can stay away from God. You can, you can go into a, a, a bar room and try to evade him. But there are people in this room that'll tell you he'll find you there. <laughs> he'll find you. You, you can maybe try to outrun him physically, but he'll find you and emotionally he'll find you. So we've been on this journey for the last two weeks. And, and, and so tonight, we're talking about obedience. What does that finally? Jonah begins to turn and there's this obedience. And if I could subtitle it tonight, I, I would just call it from the belly of the fish to the belly of the city. From the belly of the fish to the belly of the city. Would you pray with me? Lord, help us here. We want to grow because of time in your word. Bible study is so critical. We need your word to be alive for us tonight. We want to consume it. I'm asking you as the pastor of this church and the speaker of tonight's setting, it's my opportunity to share God's word with God's people in God's house, and it's an important task. So I pray you'd speak to our hearts and our minds. I pray you'd help us to not only hear, but to accept and to live what your word requires. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and let everybody say amen. amen. Amen and God bless you tonight. So again, the small recap from where we've been in chapter one, the disobedience. We talked last week about the wares which were discarded. I took a moment even to pause in last week after Pastor Lopez did such an amazing job teaching the first week on some of the historicity of, of the topic and the text. I took a little time last week just talking about the the throwing out of the wares that we must be careful that we don't easily discard what other people have purchased. 
Amen. And we got, we got Jonah into this deep, dark place alone that sometimes the mercy and the grace of God looks different. No one would have said, I bet the mercy of God looks like being eaten by a fish. If you say that, that's weird. No one dreams that up. But it was the mercy of God. How many know it was the mercy of God? It was the keeping of God. And through that time and through that prayer and even praying and in remembrance, we talked about remembrance and the tabernacle. We know that that, that fish, that whale did in fact vomit him up onto dry ground. It was moving while he was praying. And we talked about that and we got him onto dry ground. And so we start here tonight at chapter 3. Again, just a reminder, we, we're doing our best to put robust notes there on the app for you to go and to, this is a shameless plug for the app. If you haven't downloaded the Church Center app, you need to do that. We're doing everything we can to put these notes the next day uh, available for you. Maybe you can share them with someone as well. So here we are in chapter 3. I've read it twice, but I want to park there again because my first point is dealing specifically with verses one and two, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. What's it say? The second time. The first point I want to talk about tonight is the mercy of a second call. Now this is a little bit elementary, but it's also pretty deeply theological. If God tells you something more than once, you better listen. I don't, I don't want the God of all the universe to have to get in a habit of repeating himself to me. But when he does, I want a sure key into it. I, I would guarantee that people all over this room, from the college students to the oldest senior that would be in this room, could say, he's called me more than once. More than twice. In fact, I've lost count of how many elders I've talked to that has talked about the repeat calling of God. Thank God that he loves souls enough to keep calling. Thank God that he loves us enough when we smell like whale and look like seaweed that he still looks at us and says, the same powerful preacher you could have been when you were dry and unscathed, the same preacher you would have been before that storm, the same preacher you were supposed to be before that whale, the same preacher you were supposed to be before this dark situation, that's the same preacher I see in this. It's amazing. That's why a sinner can walk in their first service and they might not look right or smell right or talk right or act right, but God knows exactly. Whew. He knows exactly what he's designed them to be. It's why Christ could walk up to that woman in John chapter 4 and when everybody else would discard her, he knew there's a witness locked up in her. Oh, I'm glad that he sees something in us that sometimes other people cannot see and sometimes things we even want to discard ourselves. There are plenty of people under the sound of my voice and those that will watch online, whether in live time or later, that have ran from the call of God. And I've come to tell you tonight, he's still calling if you'll get to listening. He is still calling. But his call will always be tied to his will. 
Please put that in your notes and recognize it to be an absolute. You're never going to get the call of God to be contrary to the will of God. It's a really important point. I'm never going to get His call for my life to be contrary to His will for my life and my family. And I've got news, to, news for everybody in the room. His specific and individual call for you will never be contrary to His collective call for your family. It will work in harmony with what God is trying to accomplish. God doesn't want just strong husbands or just strong wives. He wants strong families. For those of you that are single, you can be excluded from this until or if you meet that other half and God brings that equation together. But when that time comes, I, I hear some people sometimes, I've had people tell me things like, well, if she would just get in line with the will of God. Sometimes that tr that's true. But sometimes she doesn't need to get in line with the will of God. You're trying to tell the will of God what you want it to be. All right. The last thing Jonah wanted to deal with was send me to Nineveh. I didn't, I didn't deal with this storm and deal with this whale and get through all this and finally make it to dry land for God to now say, Woohoo, what a trip. Let's go to Nineveh. But his will doesn't change like we do clothes. I've had people come to me. Let's just deal with the human condition, okay? We have college students in here, and I've teased college students uh, along the way at times, and high schoolers as well. Did youth ministry for many years, and, and I've talked about it here, but people would come to me, Brother Clymer, and a young man would come to me and, and, and say, you know, I just don't think it's the will of God that I'm supposed to date her anymore. Sometimes that's true. But I've seen a lot of, he saw some other girl that was cute, blamed on God. I just don't think it's the will of God. I don't think it's the will of you. That's when it comes to when you're young and when you're dating and when you're, it's different. Listen, that's why it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous thing to think that we can just be fickle with God and it doesn't matter. His temperament doesn't just change. His will isn't just, you don't ever have to wake up. You won't. It's Wednesday night. Tomorrow morning, guess what? You don't have to wake up and, and wonder, wonder what kind of mood God's in today. And we all know people like that. Don't look at your neighbor. That's, don't look at your spouse. I don't want to start any fights. But we all have people in our life. For some of you, it's the boss that you work with. And you show up and you're wondering, who am I getting today? It's a Jekyll and Hyde situation, right? You know I'm talking the truth. Some of you are nervous. You know it's the truth. Wonder, wonder what I'm getting. You bring donuts to work just so they'll be nicer. God's not like that, people. Come on, God's not. God loves us. God desires for us to succeed. But in that love, he's got to be able to call us to uncomfortable things. Thank God. God, that sometimes the mercy looks like a whale, but sometimes the mercy is just go to Nineveh again. Go, go talk to that coworker again. Go talk to your unsaved sibling again. I don't want the same thing. I've been through all of this. 
The reason you've been through all of this is because you didn't do this. He's calling on Jonah, and it's the beauty and the mercy of a second call. But it's not a different call. It's a second call of the same truth. Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. When God sends you, he will put the words in your mouth. I want to get back to this. I know we need to be studied and we need to be professional and we need to be proficient. And I don't think you ought to get somewhere and say, okay, God, go. That's not what it's after. But I am telling you that under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you can walk into a situation and he can give you the words to speak. Mm, I feel my help in this room right now. I feel the Holy Ghost, in fact, at this moment. He can allow scriptures that you have heard preached and that you have studied and that you have quoted. He might bring, some of you were Bible quizzers many years ago, and all of a sudden you'll be standing there and somebody will question the Word of God, and you'll say, actually, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You'll be shocking yourself. I don't know, anybody ever been like that? You start quoting, you're like, I didn't know I could do that. Should have been doing that all along. Worst thing you could ever do is get into a situation and think that it's going to be your talent that's going to walk it forward. Ladies and gentlemen, we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost and we need the unwavering preached word of God. And I feel it in the room right now. I feel some people in the room saying, well, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. To your coworkers, you're a minister of the gospel. To your family, you're a minister of the gospel. You might not be going to this Nineveh, but he's sending you to your Nineveh. And when you get there, if you'll let him give you the words to say, <laughs> the Lord said, preach what I tell you to preach. The Lord didn't say, Jonah, go there, give him three points of poem. Tell him something that, that, you know, Spurgeon said. Give him some music commentary and no. <laughs> He said, go there. I'll put the words in your mouth. I'm going to let you know what to say. That's why we got to be careful when we're overly defensive walking into a situation because we might go with a tongue of anger when he wants us to go with a tongue of love. We might be ready to defend what doesn't even need defended when, when really he wants us to go in and say, the Lord's been seeing you late at night while you're... I walked into that complex that one day we were doing an outreach there. I'll never forget this in all my life. I've shared it before. I'm going to share it. I feel it right now. Walked in Sister Mass. It, it, terrible situation. Rough, rough setting. Okay? Brother Traino, I don't know if he's here. He'd have been right at home. He'd have been just walk into that setting. I go in. Here comes this mom out. Boy, she's ready. You know, she's ready. She, who's around my kid? She's ready. Walk in. As soon as I walked up to her, the Holy Ghost quickened me. I said, you've been laying in your bed praying at night that I'd show up. I'm here. When I did, she lifted her head back and tears began to roll down. I said, I'm the answer you've been praying for. If, if we'll let him lead us and we'll let him give us the words, I'm telling you, we don't have to be intimidated by Nineveh. We don't have to be intimidated by any job. We don't have to be intimidated by any... Well, I don't have that temperament. You got the Holy Ghost. You got something greater than even Jonah had. You've got the ability to walk into any situation and say, if God be for us, if God be for us, 
Come on, who am I preaching to right now? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him you can do it. Yeah. And here's the secret to it. You can do it if you'll preach the word of God. Brother Norman, one of our preachers, assistant pastor in Greenwood, when you preach, preach the word. Preach the word. Sinners walk into that building. I promise you, we are not the, we're, there's great orators all over the word. There's something different about us when we talk because we're in love with this word. We're in love with this word. And so when we preach, we preach the word of God with, without fear of any favor of men. Why do you preach it like that? Because this word is life. This word is truth. This, when we speak it, when we preach it, and it's directly from this word, we believe this is the thing that reaches into the hearts and the lives of men and women that walk into that place that have been feeling overwhelmed and all of a sudden they be, what am I feeling? What, what is this? What? What is it about this place that the last couple of weeks people are getting the Holy Ghost during our prayer time? Not the altar call after the preaching. We don't even get that far. Why is that happening? It's the word of God. It's men and women that are coming up next to them and saying, you know, if you want the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. Wait a minute, for that to happen, pastor's got to get up from the pulpit and say, and No! Just somebody standing next to him in the altar saying, you know, you know, the Bible says that believers speak with tongues and if you want the Holy Ghost, God will fill you with his spirit right now. Why don't you lift your... Preach what I give you to preach. Teach what I give you to teach. And we know that we don't get to add to it and we don't get to take away from it. Whether it makes people happy or sad or indifferent. Amen? Okay, God. My favorite... I think my favorite part of, uh, of chapter three is the first word of verse three. So. <laughs> Runs from God on a boat, storm. You guys should probably throw me overboard. Throw some more stuff out. Finally throw him over. Peace. Ends up in the belly of a fish gets vomited out on land. The Lord speaks to him a second time. So, there's a lot packed into that so. And everyone that makes up their mind to finally do what God's been saying to do. So I, so I finally did it. There's not anybody in this room that would make their mind up to do the will of God without there being a lot packed into that so. So, verse 3, look at it with me. So, Jonah arose to Nineveh. According to what? According to what? The word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. It's three days to get around that thing. It's a big old city. It's an Indianapolis of its day. Jonah began to enter 
into the city, a day's journey. That's why I call it the belly of the city. He gets a full day into the city, and now we get to hear. Now, most of us, we already know. We've been looking at Jonah since we saw felt boards as children, but, but now we get to know what the Lord told him to preach. Imagine this exciting, encouraging, uplifting word from God. <clears throat> Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's a good way to make friends. What else did he say? Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Let me tell you, let me tell you in today's language what he said. I can say it to Indianapolis. If we don't turn to God, everyone will be lost. And I don't see it in this book any other way. Well, Pastor, but you know the grace of God. This is the grace of God. The grace of God is that we got a plan. We got a salvific avenue. Repent. And he cries it out. Let's look at it. Verse 4. And Jonah began to enter the city a day's journey. He cried, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And in case anybody, when I first read it, Brother Long, I thought overthrown is kind of like, that's like the nice language. I would have said destroyed. Until you study it and you recognize overthrown there is the same language used for what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Not the best language. Destroyed, utterly, completely wrecked and ruined. And Nineveh understood the message. Nineveh understood the message. So my second part is this. They might have already put it on the screen. I don't know. My second part is this. A strong word for a strong city. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And I hope you'll hear this and feel my heartbeat. I have no desire to be mean, ugly. I have no desire. Anybody that really knows me knows I have no desire. But I will tell you this. A weak word will not win a strong city. A weak, a weak word was not going to, well, the Lord said yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. So what if I say, at some point, um, Nineveh won't be as lovely. Now we can laugh at that and I feel it moving through the room, but that's what a lot of preachers do. Come on now. That's what a lot of preachers do. Give me a watered down version that will not challenge me to change. I promise you, after you've been in the belly of a whale for a little time, you'll just go ahead and preach it. Can I tell you right now? Our city needs a strong word in this hour. We need a strong and a clear word. Man, why is that pastor so mad? Our city's going down. I'm not mad at the people. I'm mad at hell. I'm mad at the enemy. Obviously, I think you're seeing the likening of our city unto Nineveh and where we were in this situation. Oh, pastor, I don't think we were as bad as 
How many know if, if something doesn't change drastically, our city's in trouble? So what can change it? I think if we can get the Word of God. I think if we can get the Word of God. Well, maybe if we just seeker-sensitive our preaching a little bit. Am I okay? Is this all right? I, I don't... Pastor, Pastor, maybe if we just, maybe, maybe if we could just calm down on the doctrine stuff. Just calm down on that just a little bit because, you know, I don't know that it's that big of a deal. And Yet 40 days, he preached it with a furiosity and with a tenacity. And the Bible says in verse 5, so the people of Nineveh, remember the so from verse 3? Look at the so from verse 5. If there's a so for a preacher, there ought to be a so for a sinner. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid down his robe from him. He covered him with sackcloth and he sat in ashes and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man Man, nor beast. He got completely out of control. Not just you. Bessie's not eating either. Herd nor flock. Taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. When I first read that, I thought that's ridiculous. And then my mind went to the New Testament. And I thought about the spirits going into those swine at Gadara. And I thought about Satan first revealing himself as a serpent. And then in Revelation, he's a dragon. And it's like something happened in the life of this king, this godless, this, this seemingly atheistic or at least agnostic king. And he says, wait a minute. Nobody's eating. Nobody's drinking. Even your, even your beasts are not eating. And no one is drinking. And he puts his robe down. And he gets in sackcloth and, and, and ashes upon himself. And he says, verse 8, But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And do what? Let them cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way. And from the violence that is in their hands. And there's been a lot of talk this last week about what's going on at Asbury, this university in Kentucky. And we've even had some that are going. And, and, and you've heard me preaching it for the last several months. People getting the Holy Ghost in all these different denominations in different places. I'm telling you, I hear it might be faint, but I hear the cry of the people beginning to wail. I, I feel like there's an Awakening coming in this. I know there's people that don't think it's possible, but Jonah 3 says there can be such a move of God in a city that the mayor or the king can get up and say, wait, 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 wait. Take my robe. Put humility on me. God, we've got to have your help. God, we've got to have your help. I know I don't usually get like this on Wednesday night, but I can't help myself right now. I can't help what I'm feeling in this house on this Wednesday night. I want heaven to know we're listening for it and we're looking for it. We're believing. I want to hear the king cry out. What was it? What was it about this? What is this sackcloth and ashes? It's humility and the 
I'm going to tell you one of the greatest dangers of our time is our pride. It's our pride. God, forgive us. Please don't let pride enter the church. Please don't let pride enter the church. I didn't plan to park here at all. I need you to lift your hands with me. I need somebody to pray right now. Search my heart for pride, oh God. If I've got arrogance, I'm asking you to forgive me. God, if anything I've ever done in this pulpit has been misunderstood as arrogance or, or maybe it has even been tied there, I'm asking you to forgive me in front of these people. Forgive me, God. I don't want to be arrogant. I want to be confident in you and in your word. But God, we can't have egos in the church and we can't have arrogance in the church. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Help us. Help us, God. Oh, I feel something in the room right now. I need you to pray with me just for a moment. Just... Somebody in this room, you've been praying for a coworker. I feel something taking root right now. Somebody in this room, you've been fasting. You've been praying and fasting for a coworker. Mm. Oh God. Do the work, God. Oh, my, 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 my. God. Oh, God. Jesus' name. Uh, Jesus' name. They humbled themselves. Sackcloth and ashes. Got everybody fasting. They're seeking God. They're crying. Oh, what would it do to us if this city started really crying out to God? I'm going to say something right now. Our denomination doesn't have the cornerstone rights to this. We need this. We need this to get in every denomination. I'm telling you what's coming. You mark my words what's coming right now. The Holy Ghost is falling everywhere. What's coming is a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. You mark my words. There is a revelation of the mighty God in Christ that's going to sweep this nation. I want to be at the epicenter of it. I want to be involved in it. I want Nineveh to know. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Oh, somebody just begin to praise the name of Jesus. Come on, there's something moving in this house right now. I want to keep teaching and he keeps saying, just believe me for it. Believe me for it. Just 
Jesus. Jesus. God, if Jonah can turn a city with just his voice, we ought to be able to do a lot with the people in this. Oh God, oh God, what would happen if Calvary would become a thousand Jonas that would march into this city and say, thus saith the word of the Lord. Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, just stand, just stand with me. My God, have mercy. Just put, if you will, put verses 9 and 10 up there. We're just, is it okay? We're just going to pray the night out tonight. Pray the last 10 minutes. 9 and 10. Who can tell? Who knows? This was their word. This is the word of the king. From the king of kings to the king of the city. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn from his fierce anger? Well, is that king misguided? God doesn't need to repent. That means will God turn that anger from us? That intended doom and judgment that we perish not? Verse 10. And God saw that. He saw that they turned from their evil. God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. Right now, our city is lost. And I know that some think I'm crazy for this. But I believe. I don't believe our intercessors are interceding in vain. I don't believe all of our decades of preaching have been in vain. I don't believe those old billboards they put up three decades ago were in vain. I don't believe the seeds. I can't walk into one, I can't walk into one place of business in greater Indianapolis and start talking about Calvary that somebody doesn't say, I know that church. How many remember that song? There's going to be revival in the land. From the north to the south, the east and the west. And we used to sing it at camp meetings and everybody get excited and we'd worship together with other saved people and we'd go home. You hear me tonight, and I feel prophetic tone on me tonight. There's going to be revival in this land. There's going to be revival in this I know it's Wednesday, but I wish you'd lift your voice in thunder in this room for a few minutes and claim what the word of the Lord would be. I want you to pray that God would put prayer in their lips. Put repentance in their hearts.